Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. And blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight. And we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host this evening for the Gist of Freedom, coming to you over the World Wide Web. I want to remind you that these programs are archived and available for free at iTunes, at www.blackhistoryuniversity.com. Hello, Hello, this is Joseph Haynes Davis. This is Leslie Gibbs. I am more than enthusiastic about having you uh, on the show. Uh, you have an extensive bio. Could you uh, give us a little snippet of your... Um, your Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host here in Kansas City for this program tonight on the Gist of Freedom. Excuse me. Getting over a little bit of a cold here. Tonight, my guest is Earl DePass, who will be talking to us about black whalers. And uh, Yes, good evening. Hello, Mr. DePass. How are you today? Yes, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Um, now, do I understand that you are a descendant of black whalers? Yes. I, my great-grandfather was a whaler. Uh, he was born in the uh, Canary Islands. And um, by working on the sail ship, uh, when the ships came to port in Rhode Island, uh, he jumped ship and uh, settled in Providence and uh, eventually married a woman from South Carolina who was a domestic, and um, those were my great-grandparents. Okay. <clears throat> Fill our uh, listeners in on how that came about, that uh, blacks got involved well, in the wing business. Yeah, well, um, I mean, my my grandfather, I was raised by my grandparents. Okay. And... Um, um, my 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 grandfather was born in um, 1916 in Providence, Rhode Island, and unfortunately he lost uh, his mother died first when he was about 12, and then he lost his father, who uh, you know who was a, who was a seaman um, at 14. So he had very he knew his father was a seaman. He knew his father uh, uh, was from the Canary Islands, um, but he actually had little, um, you know, little memory uh, 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 of that life because by the time my 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 um, grandfather was was born, uh, my 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 great grandfather had changed his uh, profession. Um, you know, seafaring, you know, working on whaling ships, uh, the mortality rate. Uh, was only the only I think the only profession during that time that had a higher mortality rate. We're talking about in the late 1800s was uh, a, was mining. Second only to mining, 
uh, whaling was uh, the second most dangerous uh, profession. So as soon as he had the opportunity to get a job working in a jewelry factory in Providence, he he took advantage of that uh, position and um, and he worked as a jeweler, you know, up until his uh, his untimely death. Um, but so a lot of the research was actually done uh, when I was a, a, a teenager and young adult. You know, my my one of the big mysteries. Uh, in, in, in my family, you know, uh, history is uh, was my uh, great grandfather. I mean, I have family from from the South, from Albany, Georgia, from Chester, South Carolina. I mean, it's just being born in America. The census records, you know, and then I also have Caribbean heritage, which also are from St. Croix and Jamaica. Um, but you know, those. That information is much more widely available, you know, in terms of the just the from the knowledge transfer from one generation to the other, and also just in terms of the ability to do research. But I, I you know, the the uh, being the fact that this was my grandfather's father, the man who raised me, uh, you know, and the fact there was we really hit a hit a hit a wall um, um, with his story. So just out of curiosity, you know, I was I was able to get some census records. I, uh, when my great aunt, this is his daughter, okay, um, his name is William Jones. He had a son named after him, William Jones, and a daughter named Beatrice Jones. And um, when my uh, uh, great aunt passed, this is my grandfather. I actually got to meet a woman who was, ooh, she was almost 100 years old, who actually knew um, my great-grandfather. And she told me a little more about him, the fact that he uh, he was a deacon in the local Black Baptist Church. Um, so, you know, just curiosity, you know, just, you know, just general curiosity to find out how, how did this guy get from the Canary Islands to Providence. Now, I don't know if you know uh, a lot about uh, New England, that that the area and the and Black history in New England. Um, but I mean, it, there's there's there are pop, obviously there were indigenous African American populations there, but there were also subsequently there were also large amounts of immigrants that came in from the Port, former Portuguese West African uh, colonies. So you had Cape Verde, you had the Azores. Um, and you had the Canary Islands, which was actually, the, those were Spanish possessions. They still are Spanish possessions. But the whaling ships, when they would go into the Atlantic, um, and by that time the whaling ships were steam-powered. And, so and because that was almost like a midpoint between um, uh, West Africa and the U.S., um, it, w- it, w- it, w- it would be a place where they would go and get provisions. They would pick up uh, coal for steam. So it was, you know, it was th- 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 those were popular stops for the whaling American whaling ships from New England. So there was a, a great opportunity for Africans, particularly West Africans, um, to work on the ships. And you know, when those ships would come into port, you know, just like any other immigrant during that time. You know, yeah. America was seen as you know the, the land of opportunity. You know, um, so, so so yeah. So he was actually an immigrant. He was not a, a, a African American. Were there any African Americans involved in the whaling sure, business? Sure, actually, from 1800 to 1860, about a quarter of all of the uh, uh, whalers were actually African-American. And initially, again, you know, we have a romantic view of, of being a seaman and being a whaler today, but again, it was a very dangerous job. And to be honest, the Europeans, they didn't want the job. It was very difficult to get uh, Irish and Italians to do that work because the mortality rate was so high. But in the 1800s, you had a number of, uh, actually, a number of escaped slaves who would find their way up north. And I guess if you compare working on a slave plantation, you know, even working on a whaling ship uh, 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 would be a, a, you know, would be a, 
opportunity, you know. Uh, so during the first, during the early stages, I would say between 1800 and 1860, about a quarter of all of the uh, people who worked as whalers were indigenous African Americans. So these were people who were the descendants of slaves brought to, uh, you know, the Americans. But as um, as time progressed, even they got picky in terms of their work, um, and they would rather work, you know, on on in the you know on on land, uh, particularly in New England. You know, New, you know the 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 states in the north. Obviously, they had uh, many of them had started to had abolished slavery by the 1830s, 1840s. You know, because. You know, in the early days, even the northern states was, you know, was slaveholding states. Massachusetts, I mean, New York was was at one time uh, in, uh, in early American history the largest slaveholding state. But obviously, uh, they uh, were the first, uh, you know, uh, to abolish slavery. And then they were, you know, so there were opportunities uh, that were uh, safer, that provided a steady income. You know, and people can have families. You know, if you were a seaman, you'd be out. So maybe it could be away for for as long as a year, maybe even longer sometimes. So I mean, you know, that's not that wasn't the type of job where you could very easily have a family, you know. So when when there were when opportunities uh, came about, um, whether you were working as a, as as domestics, as butlers, working uh, building roads, building subways, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, African American, that was a, actually a, a a step up in terms of employment. So then, at the end of 1860, uh, because there was a, you know, there, there were, there were, they couldn't find uh, enough black Americans to do the work. Um, by traveling to West Africa to, to refuel their ships, they had came into contact with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Africans um, me, uh, who were willing to do that work. Earl, can I interrupt you there a minute? Yeah. Uh, the things you've mentioned here. Um, being from South Carolina, it might interest you to know that our producers, uh, Leslie Gist, her family is from Chester, South Carolina. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. And wow. I want our readers or listeners to be aware um, that in 1853, there was an African-American shipwright by the name of John Mayshaw. And he was born into slavery into South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, got himself freed in 1815, made his way to New England, and mm-hmm. went on to become a well-known and respected shipbuilder. Mm. And he designed a hundred ships. Wow! And he built around 60. And of those 60, 14 uh, were whale ships. Mm. Uh, I think one was called the Gyra Swift. Um, a lot of them found their way into Australian waters. Uh, obviously drawn to the abundance of whales along the coast. And uh, a lot of trading opportunities there as well. Well, that was, that's fascinating. Yeah there, yeah, there were quite a few. Uh, I know I know uh, Absalom Boston, um, he was a whaler, uh, and he, you know, he, and this is in Nantucket, and he was a, a whaling captain. And he was very successful. He built uh, churches. Uh, he built inns. He built uh, uh, schools. So yeah, there, there were there were quite a few uh, African Americans who, and not to mention, you're talking about inventions. I know a lot of the implements. I mean, I'm not. I'm not uh, I've been. I went to the whaling um, museum. There's a wonderful whaling museum in Nantucket. There's also one in New Bedford. If you can ever get the opportunity to go. And there were a large number of the black, uh, blacksmiths. What happened was, as as the as the black Americans, you know, there were other opportunities. So a lot of them became blacksmiths, and they developed a lot of the technology. You know, we don't we don't necessarily think as whaling as, but that's there was you know if you harpoons and that was high tech for that period of time, and African Americans exactly. were you know shipbuilding of course, and uh, that was high tech stuff. We you know we think of Particularly steamships, um, you know that was the that was the the the, the dawn of the steamships, and that was steam engines. That was high tech. That was high tech industry. 
you know. Yeah, Earl, can you um, share with our listeners uh, the connection between Paul Cuffey and the abolitionist connection? Yeah, well, I do know that that a, that that a number a number of the the the, the folks involved in the abolitionist mo- movement. I'm not a scholar, um, but I do know a number of them were former seamen and captains, and the money that they made, whether it was through whaling, through shipbuilding, uh, they they used to build uh, middle class, uh, freed black societies, and they helped uh, with ab. They participated in the uh, Underground Railroad, the abolitionist movement, and some of them actually even, I know, even had, had something that had to do with also uh, transport to Liberia. Um, I know when, 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 you know, when there was a movement to settle uh, uh, back in, in West Africa. So a lot, a lot of the, the – I always follow the money. You can still do that even in our history. You know, always follow the money. And uh, so a lot of these people were also business people, and a lot of them, you know, they built the churches, the old uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church. A lot of the founding members of those churches that were very active in the abolitionist movement, the underground world, were former seamen and captains. Many of them owned their own ships. And you mentioned um, that a lot of people, um, that others didn't want to do the job. Could it be that... Others couldn't do the job, and that those Africans and African Americans were very well equipped in terms of strength and the ability. Yeah, you know, see, this is why I, 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 this is why I'm tempted. See, I they like to focus on our our physical skills, but I know for a fact, particularly during, for example, in the early days, even during the, the early days of slavery, in terms of growing uh, 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 rice. If you look at the, the, some of the early um, uh, uh, slaves, you know, they, you know they, would, they would look for slaves from particular areas in Africa. They, they also wanted us for our skills. And I, I mean, sure, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, physically, um, many of us were, in, you know, were great physical specimens. But I think the thing that, that, that is not really uh, discussed a lot is how important our skills were. Our skills as blacksmiths, our, our skills as builders, our skills as agricultural skills that we had. Um, and I, so I, I think, and, and to be a seaman, uh, it required a, a lot of, there was a lot of math required. You had to know how to navigate. You had to know how to, 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 to rig and tie knots. Um, these were very skilled uh, 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 professions. So I would kind of disagree with you. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't take a lot of physical skill. Of course it does if you're whaling. But I think the, 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 the mental and the, the, the training um, that was required uh, was something that, that also made us attractive. I mean, a lot of, a lot of African Americans have been working, as you know, you mentioned shipbuilding. Um, and these are highly skilled uh, uh, professions, and um, and the, the, I think the thing that made that that made it gave us the opportunity was, even though it was highly skilled, it was very dangerous. And uh, so, if you were an Irishman or an Italian, and you could work as a firefighter, if you could work on land, as a, you know, if you had they had unions, they had certain advantages. So that's those are the jobs that they took. Um, but the, the, those those jobs to be a seaman required a, 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 as much mental uh, a, 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 a agility as physical agility, if not more. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Earl, and I appreciate um, your bringing that to my attention. In addition to the attention of our listeners, in terms of the intellectual skills that were required uh, to do that work. Uh, speaking of call, Paul Cuffey, um, Paul Cuffey was also an owner of uh, ships as well, was he not? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. He, he was. Um, again, I'm, th- there's a, there's a, um, there's a, 
Orpi route from from I would from New England as far as as far south as uh, Philadelphia. There were a number of free black uh, uh, societies, and again, seed money uh, for a lot of those societies, churches. Um, it, the bulk of the seed money that came from sea-related uh, uh, possessions, whether it was shipbuilding, whaling, um, you know, uh, whether it's you owned a fleet of ships, um, a huge amount of that that seed money to build uh, uh, all of those institutions, you know, came from seafaring men. And Paul Cuffey was probably one of the most prominent of those men. You uh, mentioned one of those skills as blacksmithing. Let me uh, share with you and the listeners a piece here. A gentleman by the name of Louis Temple, who was born into slavery in 1800, uh, was responsible for changing the whaling industry in the early 19th century. And what he did was improve the usefulness of the whaling harpoon, which came to be known as Temple's Toggle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Temple I was familiar was with that, yes. And he would double the amount of production in the whaling industry. And that was his invention. He made one boo-boo, though. Uh-oh. You know what that was? He never yeah. obtained a patent. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. uh, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, but yes, I mean, a lot of the innovations, and, and, and I like to call it, it's, it was technology, you know. A lot yes. of those technological uh, innovations, and that, and those you know those are the stories that I think think people need to hear, you know, because they're familiar with us doing the, you know, doing the 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 the, the menial labor, and I don't mean to to um, I don't mean to detract from our ancestors who were involved in that because that was equally important too, but we were also involved in a lot of the technological breakthroughs. I mean, to to the current day. And but it, you know they just don't they don't tell the stories of, of you know of the you don't hear the stories of the black intellect you hear the story of the black worker the black athlete but not the black intellect exactly. so I'm so glad that 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 uh, you 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 mentioned um, Temple and his in the in the harpoon that he designed. Are you uh, collecting any artifacts associated with the whaling industry? You know, I I wish I had the money to. Um, it's it's actually a pretty uh, active hobby, and uh, um, a lot of the great stuff are in a lot of uh, the muse- museums scattered throughout uh, New England. Um, and uh, I've got four kids. That my my oldest will be starting college. Uh, so basically, I go to the museums, and I appreciate it from afar. I mean, I would love to 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 to, uh, to be able to, to collect, uh, uh, you know, whaling, um, but they're actually pretty hard to come by because collectors, uh, those they're pretty sought after items. Perhaps one day, when when um, when uh, when when I when I have more disposable income, that would be a, a nice hobby. And these museums that you're speaking of, are most of those uh, in the New England area, New Bedford? Yes, many are in New England, but, I mean, there are exceptions. I mean, there's some in San Francisco and the West Coast also because uh, the, there was a, you know, I, I my knowledge is because I'm, you know, I'm a New Yorker and I have ancestry in New England. My my knowledge is, is more, but, but a lot of those black seamen actually uh, – uh, uh, helped to settle the uh, the West Coast because there were Pacific waters that were full. You know, a lot of the the Atlantic waters were over. You know, they they were overwhelmed, so the whale populations uh, in many places were depleted. Um, so when um, when when they uh, had access, when the early Americans had access to the Pacific coast. Um, I mean, uh, from Russia to Japan, all of that, that, uh, that whole Pacific, uh, there were huge uh, whale populations um, that, uh, that, you know, that were hunted. And so, uh, so they were African-American from New England, with roots in New England, who actually helped to settle uh, uh, coastal cities 
in uh, northern Calif- in California, and even you know even further north in, uh, in in Washington State, and a lot of them had roots in New England. Do you have the uh, names and locations of any of your favorite uh, museums for these children that might be listening uh, out there? Today? Yeah, I would I would I would rep- I would recommend the uh, the the Whaling uh, Museum uh, in in Nantucket. Um, there's there are a number in Boston. Uh, there are also a number of African American heritage uh, um, societies. Um, my grandfather's from um, he's from from Providence, and so you know Brown University, and I'm sure you know the history of of the founder of, of Brown University. I mean, he basically he he made his 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 wealth came from the slave trade, and um, with that he built Brown University. But uh, there's also a very, there are very active um, African American historical societies, and basically any uh, 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 black historical society in New England, again, the, the, if you, the, the base is where is the whaling industry, um, because that's where that's where all the, the all of these entrepreneurs, so that's how they were able to build schools, um, how they were able to build churches, how they were able to help. Build the Underground Railroad and and and, and help slaves escape to the North. So uh, there 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 are a number of them, um, and uh, so I'd I'd recommend you know you just go online, and but I know Brown in particular has a, a big big has a has a very active huge archive, and it's open to the public. They have tours actually, um, you know. So I don't know. I know. The the show is based in Kansas City? Well, no, I'm in Kansas City. Our producer is in the New Jersey area. But let me uh, ask you, Hempstead, New York, um, are you aware of... uh, Sure, Sag Harbor, the the Sag Harbor area. Yes, the the Sag Harbor area, um, which is part of Long Island, um, initially it was a... You know the, the the true pioneers in in American whaling. We have to always start with the Native Americans, and okay. uh, there were there were significant Native American uh, uh, whaling whale you know whalers uh, all throughout, of course, New England. But since we're talking about Long Island, all all throughout Long Island, and um, as always, wherever you had Native Americans. Uh, Particularly, they for there there was always a close relationship between Native Americans and 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 Africans. And uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the the I hate the, the tribes. I hate to use the word tribe, but a lot of the the Native American ethnic groups all throughout the New England and the East Coast. If you go to any of their reservations and you meet them, a lot of them have more African American. Uh, uh, blood uh, than uh, uh, Native American blood. I mean, you see them. And, I mean, if you can go, if there's uh, Long Island, there's the Shinnecock Reservation, and um, so over over time, there's a lot of there was a huge intermarriage, and also with with the intermarriage, there was a transfer of skills. So a lot of those whale, those Native American whalers, uh, uh, transferred their skills uh, to African-Americans, and uh, you also had a significant amount of African-Americans. Um, you know, uh, quite frankly, we all know what happened to Native Americans. Um, uh, the, 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 oftentimes, the African-American population became larger than the Native American population, and that's definitely what happened out, out in, in Sag Harbor. And again, seafaring people, the, the profession... Uh, they, they were able to build a stable middle class. I mean, it, there was a time, and there's still a population. There's still now a lot of prominent, affluent African Americans have, you know, summer homes out in Sag Harbor. Um, but a lot of the, the the reason the way that started was was the indigenous black middle class. A lot of them have Native American blood in them. They built the homes, and they built again. They built churches and. So yeah, so there's a population, uh, yes, in, in Hempstead. Unfortunately, that a lot of the descendants 
that area is hot in terms of real estate, and a lot of them, many have sold. They have prime, prime beachfront property there. Um, the money is, is uh, many of them have actually sold, sold, and, and some are fighting, are still fighting, the 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 the, the realtors and the people who want to gentrify. <laughs> That's going on. Okay. So yes, but that history is still very much alive, and it's very closely intertwined with uh, uh, the Native American, the small Native American population there. Yeah, a number of those tribes uh, have recently been federally recognized and have a very uh, strong African-American presence. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about Paris Conser of Southampton Village, who was an entrepreneur? Yeah, I don't know much about, I, I, I don't know much about, uh, I'm much more familiar with the uh, uh, New England uh, history. Uh, and it's funny, I grew up in Brooklyn. And uh, so I, I physically, I, I was mu- I was much closer to to um, uh, to Sag Harbor and to that Hempstead population. But uh, I, I'm for, I I really don't have uh, uh, the 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 information about Hempstead and, and Long Island um, as much information as I have uh, with the uh, New England um, populations, but. It, I'm sure you do, and I'd, I'd like to, to, well, what to I'm, hear. Well, uh, um, the information that I'm coming across in reference to, uh, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, he led a seafaring life, died at the age of 84. Wow. And he was something of a celebrity uh, there in his community of Southampton. Hmm. And... Uh, he worked on a whale ship called the Manhattan. It was captained by uh, uh, Mercator Cooper. And apparently they made history in 1848. You know, foreigners at that time were forbidden to enter Japan, but Captain mm-hmm. Cooper, after rescuing the crews of two uh, uh, shipwrecked Japanese vessels, uh, and he was determined to return them to their country. Wow, what a fascinating story. Yeah. Is there a Con- book? Has there been a book written? Now, that I'm not sure. Uh, I will certainly uh, make an attempt here to find that out for you before um, we go off the air. Um, this gentrified, you mentioned something about gentrification. Was that yeah, well, Sag Harbor, you know, it's funny, Sag, Sag Harbor. Now, where is Sag? Where is Sag? That's Harbor? on the that's on the the, the very uh, eastern end of of uh, of Long of Long Island, Suffolk County, and it's where okay. all the celebrities. I mean, uh, people like uh, Steven Spielberg. You know, a lot of a lot of famous. There's a lot of money out there. And oh. even though there, there were there, there were affluent affluent African Americans there, uh, former mayor uh, uh, David Dinkins, uh, Percy Sutton, there, there were there were, all, there were a number of also prominent African Americans who used to you know during the summer, they had summer homes out there. Um, but I guess money is re- affluence is relative, and um, so you know so I guess. These are, so you've got uh, uh, African American uh, uh, millionaires who are competing with uh, <clears throat> white multimillionaires and billionaires, you know. So, okay. uh, and it's one of the, f- and that area was was one of the few un- undeveloped uh, uh, areas, and I mean undeveloped, I mean in terms of the the level of, you know, it didn't have things like chateaus, you know. Um, yeah. So, so, so there's, there's, so a lot of them. I mean, nobody's forcing. I guess you know, it's funny with gentrification. It's, it's not like you're being forced out. You know, nobody's forcing you out. Um, people offer huge sums of money to to buy your land, and uh, and I guess everyone, you know, and people. Oh, oh yeah, money talks, and we know the Now, hello? Uh, before we, uh, hello. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. There may be someone Daddy? on. Uh, get off the phone, please. I'm sorry. Caller. Daddy. Hello. Is that your phone or my phone? I don't know. Hello? We may have a caller. 
Yeah, um, hold on. Daddy? Who is this? Could, um, could you yeah. please hang up, doll? Why? Yeah, I think that's on your end. Yeah, hold on. I have a bunch of, full of, of visiting children here. Could you hang up, doll, please? Who is this? This is Uncle Earl. Yes, could you please hang up? I'm on the phone. Oh. It's all sorry closed. about that. That's okay, Earl. Huh? Huh? That's okay. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, before we get off the air, and uh, you mentioned books, do you have any books or movies that you could recommend uh, to us? Oh well, person? you know, I say let's 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 start with the, the classic Moby Dick, right? Okay. I mean, we all know the story of Ahab. But when you look at his crew, actually, he was, there wasn't an African-American uh, on the ship, but there was a Cape Verdean, and which, would have been, uh, which would have been about the right time because, as, as I had mentioned earlier, by about 1860, uh, blacks have moved uh, from uh, being the, 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 the workers on the ships to either owning the ships or owning fleets of ships, building ships, to, to finding other opportunities. But uh, uh, I, I always let's start with. I always like to start with canon, because quite often the, the, in the American canon, the, the, we still play significant roles in a lot of those stories. So I, I highly recommend if they haven't. Hopefully, everyone has read Moby Dick, and uh, and and when you read that book, I mean. Any romance about about uh, 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 living and, uh, and working on a whaling ship, you should, you should you, you would be dismissed really really quickly. Um, but yeah, but uh, one of the prominent uh, uh, crew members was a black Cape Verdean. Um, but uh, if if you want to do further uh, 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 study. Um, oh, I, I had a list just opened as I was talking. My my page closed. Give me one second. Okay. I apologize. But if you go to the uh, whaling museum in Nantucket, uh, on their website there there are there are uh, 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 there's actually a hello. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Yeah, there's actually a section pertaining specifically to the African uh, uh, contribution to the whaling industry. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pretty extensive bibliography there. And that was the web page that I, that I had open that I was going to read from, but I just lost it. I apologize. Okay. Oh, that's okay. And just before we go, um, you have a, a great... Uh, grasp of this uh, whaling industry and the blacks that were involved in it. And um, would you like, a couple of questions, would you like to make a movie uh, relative to <laughs> the blacks' involvement in the whaling industry? And also, give us your take on some of the recent black slavery films here lately, such as uh, 12 Years a Slave, um uh, the Help, which wasn't so much about slavery, but post-slavery. Also, The Butler, uh, Django, uh, the film about Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Uh, well, in, in terms of in terms of a movie specifically about whaling, that story that you told me, that you enlightened me with, too, about the the sailor who was one of the first who who rescued the Japanese uh, uh, seamen and returned them pan when you know Japan was not open. To me, exactly. that would be a fantastic movie. I mean, that would be a fan. I mean, that to me, that that would be, you know, everybody talks about Marco Polo, you know, going, you know, going to to Japan. But to me, in terms of American history, that would be fascinating. I mean, I've never. As soon as I get off the phone, actually, I'm gonna, I'm I'm curious to find more about that story. Okay, and in let terms me give of you, the, okay, let sure. me before you go into that, let me give you the spelling. I know you're a researcher, and the spelling is important. That ship was uh, captained by a gentleman, M-E-R-C-A-T-O-R, and his last name was Cooper. Michael Cooper. Oh, I am definitely going, going to uh, – what a wonderful story. Yep, I see it already, yep. First, the first formal American to visit Tokyo. 
Unbelievable. Right. Now imagine that imagine that being turned into a movie. Wow. There it is. Unbelievable. I I mean I'm I, I, I uh that story is unbelievable. Um but in in terms of the in terms of the slew of um of movies, I've seen them all. I mean I I think also we, we also should should also mention some of the real pioneering movies. I mean, I mean pioneering movies. I'm not talking about Roots. Roots. Roots was great. Don't get me wrong for its time. But but there were movies like Sankofa um, that did not that didn't get the wide Hollywood uh, distribution and play. And it, in fact, it was it was an independent film. It wasn't even a Hollywood film. Um, um, and so, of course, didn't have the budget or whatever. But the, that cast, I, I, I tell I tell everyone to start off with uh, uh, um by uh, by an Ethiopian actually, Haley. Um, what's his last name? Jeremy. But if, if you, it has Mudabaruka in it as a great international cast. So you have a cast from Ghana, cast from Jamaica, uh, uh, African Americans. I uh to me that that to me that was the movie before uh um Django. Django was an interesting movie in its in its in its own right. Don't get me wrong, but to me that was the Django before Django. I don't know if you, I'm sure you have you seen Sankofa? No, I have not. I'm right oh, yes. now. Yes, Sankofa. Um and it was it, it was about a a model, an African American she was modeling uh, for, you know, for uh, nude modeling in, uh, in Almina Castle, okay, in the slave. So imagine a black American modeling uh, swimwear in the slave castle, defaming the castle. So one of the locals saw that, and somehow she gets mad- magically transported back to a plantation. And uh, you can kind of guess what, what happens after that. A uh, great movie, a great movie. But uh, the, the the recent slew of movies, I must say, I've enjoyed them because they've been um, they're all they're all over the place. I mean, Django, which is really a fantasy, but it was great. It 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 it, it, it was a great. Uh, there's very very little historical accuracy in a movie like Django. So I don't want to even put it in 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 that class of of movies in terms of historical accuracy. Um, there's much more historical accuracy in Twelve Years a Slave, um, but nonetheless, I mean, I, 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 I it was an enjoy. I enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, it was it was nice to see uh, basically see the black guy win. You know, and, and run off in the sunset. Now we know there's no way in hell that would that 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 would have happened. You know, but uh, it was it was it was interesting, and, and perhaps it, it it took it took a white guy, it took a Quentin Tarantino, to to write a movie like that because uh, you know it's really a western, a fantasy western set in the South. But I enjoyed. I must say, I did enjoy that movie. Um, but Twelve Years a Slave, um, uh, I think that was a a a, a, a well done um, movie. Um, the ending, I think they wrapped the ending up uh, 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 too soon. I, when I, after seeing the movie, I, I, I read the book and I, and I, you know, did a little bit of research on the history. It wasn't like the white guy after he told the white guy um, that that he, where he was that the, they came and released him. No, there was a, It took about uh, it took months to negotiate. You know, there were courts involved. He was actually on that plantation under that, that, that crazy uh, 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 owner, slave owner, negotiating his freedom to get up north. So I think if they would have put that story, he must have been, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid, to, assuming the, his owner was anything like the character that was portrayed in the movie. I mean, here's a guy, you got a, you got a guy that you paid for, a slave, and he's proven that he was illegally captured and sold into slavery. You hate this guy, but now he's got the law, quote unquote, on his side, and he's still living on the plantation. Um, and the other slaves are seeing this. Um, those those months waiting for him to actually 
get the paperwork done so he can return to the North must have been hell. And I think if that was portrayed in the movie, that would have made the movie even better, you know, than it was. Because in the movie, you've seen the movie, right? Um, actually, I have not. Oh, well, I don't want to give it away. But they, 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 they tidy it up too, too easily in the movie. Okay, I don't want to give the. We should definitely go see the movie. So basically, you know, once he does, he's he's freed. But it's like he's freed, and the next day he's back with his family. You know, in the north, it didn't really happen like that in real life. Right. So, I but, I, but it was it, it was a well done. I mean, that's my one critique of the movie. Um, but it was a well done movie. Again, it. it uh, uh, Having African, uh, there, there were a significant number of African. There was particularly an actress who was an, who was a, 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 an African. She played a slave. Having a a, a cast that includes uh, a, a, you know native-born Africans, I think really yeah. helps the authenticity authenticity you know of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think Roots Roots, for example, Roots in the early the early, the beginning of the series where you got like O.J. Simpson, you know, in Africa, and I, I'm married to a West African, so I'm pretty familiar with the with the culture. And as much as as good as Roots is, and I and I still think it's a wonderful story for its time. Um, but the early, you know, where they have Cicely Tyson, and that the the scenery, it's just. I think if they would have had African actors, um, and and I think it would have been stronger. Um, early on in Roots, because the, if you look at Sankofa and if you look at Twelve Years of Slaves, uh, uh, the best supporting actors were all African. They just brought a level of authenticity, you know, to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so so yeah, so the slew of movies has, has been. Uh, I, I must say that they've been the the the. Specifically, Django and Twelve Years a Slave. Very different movies. One is more fantasy. Um, let me uh, one is more let me make a comment on that uh, Django, and I, I think you're right about that specific movie. But there were examples. Uh, for example, uh, there were black men with Brown on his raid and Harper Sperry, who right. were going in three blacks. There right. were uh, abolitionists, particularly. Uh, in the East, uh, Philadelphia, who were um, banging indoors in courtrooms, physically taking uh, blacks who had been captured due to the uh, Fugitive Slave Law of 1850, returning them freedom, sending them on up to Canada. A lot of that included a lot of gunplay. Right. Um, But the thing is, Django was in the seat of... If Django had a posse, then it might be a little more believable. But Django was basically an individual. Uh, I mean, he did have he did have one, uh, uh, one uh, the, the German guy. He did have one helper. But he was basically, he was doing, it was a, you know, it's like a Western, and that he's the sole guy who's doing all of this, you know, and it, that just wasn't going to happen, particularly in the Deep South. This is happening in the Deep South. And, I mean, it's a wonderful story. But it's a fantasy, you know. Yeah. And so I so I enjoy it as a, I enjoyed it as a fantasy, you know. It's a fantasy, you know. I, it's not historical. That's what I'm. It's, you know. That's that's my that's my. Uh, but I enjoyed the movie. I I enjoyed it. And Samuel L. Jackson playing the okay. Uncle Tom, unbelievable. Oh, uh, he played that role. Unbelievable. He stole the movie, uh, really. Yeah, Earl, we're about ready to get off the air. We're about out of time here. Uh, contact information. If our listeners want to get a hold of you, do you have a web page? Uh, um, no, page? again, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a I'm not a, a professional historian. I'm a I'm a, I'm a, just an individual. And uh, in terms of Facebook, believe it or not, I'm a I'm a IT professional. And uh, I don't have a Facebook page, <laughs> believe it, because uh, I have I have issues with their with their respect to privacy. I got gotcha. you. Um, so I'm here as a, basically as a novice. I'm a, I just I want to stress this to, to to your listeners that I'm an average guy, and that you can do the same thing 
um, that I'm are, doing. You are a genealogist, right? No, no. I'm just an average guy who has interest in my family's history, and I use Ancestry.com. Uh, I I visit, you know, I have kids. I go, I visit museums. I do a lot of. I'm an avid reader. I am, I am in no way a professional genealogist, historian. I'm a guy with a bachelor's degree. In, in I'm, a, I'm a, I have a, a IT business. So this is, I'm an average, regular guy. So I want to stress to your listeners that, uh, you know, that, that if you have a passion for something. Like I have a I have a passion for, for my family's history, and I have a passion for history in general. I just love reading. Um, you can you know, you you can pursue your interests, and 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 have some knowledge, you know, on on in historical areas, you know, you know. Thanks, so Ray. yeah, so now I'm just a regular guy. No PhD behind my uh, <laughs> behind my title. Well, it's been very enlightening um, speaking with you and hearing what you do know about black whalers. Uh, for our listeners, my guest has been Earl DePass, who's been talking to us about the black whaling and black whalers in that industry and the African Americans, West Indians, etc., involved in that trade. Uh, we're going to have to say good night. Uh, this has been the Gist of Freedom, and our producer is Leslie Gist, Gist G-I-S-T. And if you should want to get a hold of her, you can do that at um, Leslie at thegistoffreedom.com. I've been your host, Preston Washington. And right now I want to again thank Earl for joining us and bid him a good night in addition to our listeners. Good night, everybody. Good night and happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, you too. All right. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.